Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. So, I have a Shark Tank pitch that I would like to give to you. Send it, dude. So, I work in a movie theater now. Okay, mm-hmm. yep. and I was telling my I was telling my fellow coworkers, hey, wouldn't it be fun? I mean, I w- I was bored, and I was just kind of like thinking some brain soup, and I'm thinking like, hey, what if we served breakfast? So, Alex, <laughs> would you go to the movies more often if they served breakfast? Now, keep in mind, they wouldn't change their hours. It's not oh, like they're opening early. They're not. It's still they're opening at like noon, one o'clock. But now they have breakfast. I think it's a bad idea. I think people, some people would do it. I think your issue is going to be someone spills syrup. Okay, thought about this, obviously, because that is a very common problem. People don't know how to eat popcorn. How on earth are they going to keep syrup to themselves? And the answer is, instead of giving them napkins, we make like a disposable wash rag, and that's what we give them. So you're expecting people to clean up after themselves? I'm hoping, yeah. Uh, Follow-up question. At the theater you have right now, are there like trays or something, like a table? No. Nope. Oh, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> that is, is going to be a problem. You want people to put it on their lap and then fork and knife waffles? So so what we need to start doing is we need to also incorporate um, kind of like uh, desks at like a high school chair desks that like come off the seat and then fold in front of you. Yeah. That's what we need. That's all right. Okay. Okay. It also needs to be like lazy boy style. Okay. So now we're just talking a complete renovation. Yeah. Like we got to rip out the old seats, put new seats in. And at that point, why would we serve breakfast? We could also serve three course meals. Okay. 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 Freaking appetizers. All that stuff. But yeah. can we make breakfast the stepping stone? Can we start with breakfast and then add more entrees as we go? What if you only have breakfast for like from noon to three, right? And okay. you only serve it in certain theaters. Be like, oh, these are our breakfast theaters. These are oh, our lunch okay. theaters. These are yeah. our dinner theaters. <laughs> Dune, Dune doesn't get a breakfast theater. Yeah, it but, doesn't make sense. But, but Ron's gone wrong. You can have a breakfast All the rom-coms can have breakfast theaters. And you can serve like mimosas. Yeah. Because it fits the vibe. But no one's going to see like the new Matrix movie in a breakfast theater. Yes. So I'm thinking we do this continental style because, you know, obviously there's an employee shortage everywhere. So like we cannot spare the manpower in terms of making people their breakfast. So we do it continental style and... It's, um, you know, we have the eggs and we have the pancake makers. And you know what? If it's another thing that we have to clean up at the end of the night, then so be it. So uh, I also think, man, this seems like a lot of material acquisition. How is this practical? Well, we just ask somebody who's already doing it. That's right. Movie theater partnership with Waffle House. If it was going to be Waffle House, I was going to suggest Cracker Barrel or IHOP. Yes, Yeah, I think Waffle House is the best at doing cheap and mass produce, right? Like, hey, hey, gang, Waffle House ain't gourmet. We can serve that in a movie theater. So what would be the Waffle House of dinners? Denny's? What would be? Now it wouldn't be Denny's. Denny's is the Denny's of breakfast. Denny's is the Denny's of breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) 
Do like a Texas corral. Red Robin would be a lunch. Red Robin's definitely lunch. I mean, because we need some place that is a sit down restaurant, but, but isn't barely. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, hold on. Hold on. What's the place like Golden Corral? Yeah. Man. Is that it? The problem is, is you, don't, you, don't want, you don't want Westerns because those are the people that throw mm. their peanuts on the ground. Uh, well, Texas Corral is the place you throw the them on the ground. The problem is, is people go Golden to Golden Corral. Corral and be like, we can throw nuts on the ground here. And they've already done it before they realize this is not Texas Corral. And that kid also, is me. Also, I think Texas Corral is strictly a Michigan thing or like a Midwest thing. And ours closed. And, and ours closed. I don't think they have tech, which is whack. They're like, hey, let's make this place called Texas Corral and have it only in the Midwest. Is there something that's a step below Chili's and Applebee's? That's what I was thinking, because I'm like, Chili's and Applebee's, again, not gourmet, but somehow, like, it still doesn't fit the vibe of what we're working with here. Right. Um, dude, I don't know. Dude, is it just like Jimmy John's? Do we just, like, do we just dude, do it? as far as speed, that'd be more lunch, though. The, Jimmy John's yeah. is 100% a lunch. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, what's we, a place that need... serves, like, pasta? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. Brain blast, brain blast, food court. W- let's just ditch like this whole like concept of like breakfast lunch and dinner let's just open it up to a food court hey all movie theaters should have food courts now yeah like a panda express a chipotle like a a pizza hut you know panera and then like a mom and pop pizza place right next to the pizza hut uh i mean at that point, we just close concessions, though. The issue with having that is well, no, 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 movie no. theaters the make money from concessions. A stall. The con- concessions would be the stall. It would be a stall in the food court. You know, we you, like you said, Panda Express, Pizza Hut, Subway, and movie concessions. Like, that's all in a row. I feel like movies would m- lose a lot of money, though, because they'd have to split it with the franchise. And that's but where like, they get all their money from. But that's the thing about partnerships. It's like partnerships are all just give a penny, take a penny, right? So if mm-hmm. we keep circulating, you know, money throughout these six partners and no one's losing money, but no one's making money, that's the same system as the American government, baby. So right. what we just can go wrong? Off the top. Yeah. So this is a great idea. Um, hey, movie theaters and restaurant chains, hit me up. I'll get you in contact. So and let's let's make a little green, baby. And the next thing we're going to do is pet stores at theme parks. And we're going to move on to our movie segment now because I don't want to get into that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you would, we're going to talk about Walk the Line, all spoilers. If you don't want to hear us talk about it, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code 36 minutes, 37 seconds. Alex, tell me your thoughts about Walk the Line. Walk the Line, I think I would like a lot more. If I was a bigger fan of his music. So Johnny Cash is a very old country kind of folk um, music singer, also known as the the man in black. It's very chill, very mellow. A lot. Apparently his earlier stuff was gospel, but barely, bro. Not as we know it. Um, and it's okay. The problem is like his, I recognize his music and the music is good. It's just not my genre. And I think I would like yeah. this more if it, if it was my genre and, and Ray, this movie was objectively as good as Ray, except, and here's the thing. Every movie we're going to watch this month, this month revolves around women, drugs, and alcohol. Yes. And I need to get really comfortable with that's going to be straight up. 70% of the story. Yeah, because that's what it was for Ray. It was kind of the same thing with Rocket Man, but like him being gay kind of threw a wrench into, you know, a third of that dilemma. Yeah. Um, and then it's 
here again with Walk the Line. Right. Um, I think this one also focused, I mean, instead of women in general, it focused on a specific obsession um and it was it was just weird and it was it I, I watched the extended version so it was two and a half hours long of the same thing yeah so i want to say another thing you have to johnny cash needs to be like in your top three favorite artists of all time and you have to be like rock steady about that opinion for you to walk away from this movie having any respect for Johnny Cash as a person. I think this movie can get away with a lot because people will just say he's in love and had a bad dad. You can you can write off most of his behavior if you wanted to do. Oh, he was in love and he had a really bad dad. And guess what? He did. He was. And here's the and thing. He did. And here's the thing. I don't want to write it off. <laughs> Everything that he did in this movie was a product of his own poor choices, and he didn't want to face the consequences every time. And I'm like, hey, bud, you made this bed. This is entirely your fault. I will say his rock bottom compared to the other two movies we watched was way lower than everybody else's. Like everyone else was still touring. They were still doing all that stuff. This guy's like, I walked to your house from Nashville. And it like circles back around to that whole obsession thing where it's like, if these two, like if he wasn't famous, he would be in jail for stalking. Oh, 100%. Um, okay. So from the top, his- Make it drop. That's some wet. That's some wet. Sorry. Continue. He grows up on a cotton farm in Arkansas um, and then took a rise to fame at Sun Records in Memphis. He was in love with this girl and he joined the Air Force and he thought about her the entire time he was away. However, in the first six minutes of this movie, he hangs out with his brother a lot. And there's a scene with a saw and exactly what everyone knew was going to happen happened. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk about the specific is um, Johnny Cash runs in because he hears like a loud ka-chunk, ka-chunk from the saw and the saw is kind of like starting to become unstable. So he pulls the emergency stop and his brother was the one operating it. And he's like, hey, are you OK? And his brother Jack is like, yeah, I'm good. I have it under control now. And Johnny Cash is like, can we go now? I want to go fishing. And Jack is like, well, I was paid a dollar to like saw this whole thing, not half of it. So you go on ahead. I don't need any help. I'm just going to saw it on my own from this point. And Johnny Cash is like, okay. And also his uh, name isn't Johnny Cash. His name is J.R. Cash. Yeah. His name is Jr. So Jr. is like, okay, sure, and leaves. And we're like, huh, a 14-year-old child left alone with an unstable saw. This can only go well. And lo and behold, it didn't. Yeah. He gets and sliced in the freaking chest. Yeah. I was expecting, like, oh, this guy's going to lose his arm. Vertically. I'm like, this guy's going to lose his arm. He gets cut straight in his ribs. And then um, JR is walking back. He's 12. He just got done fishing. And his dad pulls up in a pickup truck going, where were you? And he's like, what? And he goes, where were you? And he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, just get in the car. And he drives him home just to watch his brother die. Yeah. And that trauma followed him his entire life. Which, fair. 
Yep. His dad was also and, an alcoholic who beat his wife and his kids. And when that happened, and his didn't dad, take and yes. and uh, just didn't take the death incredibly well. One might yeah. say he did blamed, say that was my favorite son. I wish it had been you. Yeah, and he's screaming over and over. God took the wrong son. God took the wrong son. So we're just gonna file this under things that are gonna come up later in the movie. Right. Also. Dude, that is so messed up. It's ridiculous. It's so messed up. Like it. It. That's it's one of those things almost... you think and you would never say aloud. Sort of like how you have everyone else's parents have favorites, but you would yeah. never say it. He's Just like, like Screw you it. are my parents' favorite child. <laughs> I wish, bro. That'd be freaking <laughs> sick. Um. Yeah, dude is freaking wild. And then he go, joins the Air Force, and his dad's like, "You couldn't even go to Korea, huh? You're just gonna go to Germany." And I'm like, "Bro, his life is the already better the than military. yours." Yeah. And then he joined, joined the Air Force, of course. And then he's in Germany and he's just writing songs and talking about his girlfriend. He's like, you're going to wait for me, right? And she's like, yeah. And then they call each other all the time. You're like, you're going to wait for me, right? And he goes, yeah. But remember, like, when you get back, my dad has a job for you. And he goes, well, I'm going to pursue music. And he goes, well, I really think you should listen to that. Also, also, this girlfriend takes a long time to explain, like, hey, we only dated for a month. And also, my dad doesn't like you. And JR is like, but you still love me, right? And this girl is like, I mean, I guess. Right. Which is the correct response. Um, And this was Vivian, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he does end up marrying this girl and he takes this job as like, what is it? Like a home tools door to door salesman. Yep. And we have. And that goes about as good as you thought it would. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, have you ever seen a movie with a door-to-door salesman that doesn't have a montage of them getting doors slammed in their faces. This movie is no exception. This movie is Pursuit of Happiness. But Um, only for like six minutes. Yes, and then he immediately (laughs) gets success. And Which, um, again, pet peeve, but we'll get to that. Yeah, so he's practicing outside. He found he listens to a band practicing, um, recording a record. And he approaches the guy like, listen, what do I have to do to record? And he goes, well, first of all, I mean, I need you to audition. And then he and which, finds which, some freaking in terms mechanics. of a script writing standpoint, seems like a com- like a complete scapegoat because it was like you need it's four dollars to produce a record, and Jr. is like, well, what if I don't have four dollars? And he's like, well, then you'll have to be a part of my label, which you have to do by auditioning. And Jr. is like, well, I guess I can do that. Right. Oh, he doesn't have a band, so he finds two mechanics. That one plays the bass and one plays lead guitar. He practices with them, and then his wife has a freaking breakdown, runs to the bathroom, starts crying, screams that they're about to get evicted, and um, Johnny shrugs it off, bro. Yeah, he could not care less. Yeah, he's like, I don't care if we're poor. We'll just live on the streets as long as I'm pursuing my career. This guy's dumb as a box of rocks. And so him and his now band goes to this uh, record studio and sings the worst gospel song I have ever heard in my life. (laughs) Yeah, dude. And and let's be and the manager of that record gave him very good advice. It was like amazing that he took the time to be like, "This is the problem, so you need to fix." Dude, if you bomb an audition or bomb an interview, they don't tell you what you did wrong. They just say you didn't get it. I'm sorry. Come back when you're ready, and they just kick you out. The feedback yeah, and was phenomenal. So, yeah, and so this manager was like, "Hey, I don't love the way you sing it because I don't think that you believe in what you're singing." And of course, Jr. <laughs> took this so personally. The manager's like, "Hey, 
I don't think you're singing with enough emotion. And JR is like, you saying I don't believe in God? Huh? Huh? You think I don't believe in God? And I'm like, whoa, hey, JR, chill out, buddy. Dude, I've never been so positive that I'm like, oh, he's actually stupid. I'm like, it makes sense, though, <laughs> because he went to school in Arkansas in the 30s. Okay. Um, he grew up on a cotton farm. He's probably dumb. Okay. <laughs> I just alienated half of our audience because they all listen from Arkansas. And um, I'm like, you know, she's freaking stupid and I hate him. And then he gets super famous overnight. Overnight. Um, overnight. What? He cuts one record. It gets played on the radio immediately. And then everybody knows who he is. And he goes by Johnny Cash because that's the name you need to have in the army because you need a first name to join. They don't let you go by initials only. So he came up with Johnny or John. Uh, John uh, R. Cash, I guess. And he becomes super <laughs> famous. And he tours with legit celebrities immediately. Like, like he's on tour with Elvis pretty freaking fast. Yeah. He's also um on tour with June Carter, which he had grown up listening to, which by the way, yeah. doesn't make any I guess she started really young. But the fact that he yeah. grew up with the person he he got to tour with the person he grew up listening to on his first tour is crazy. Absolutely crazy. And and pretty much the rest of this movie focuses a lot on his substance abuse and how it affects not his familial relationship, but his relationship with june carter specifically yeah um i will say big fan of constantly forcing people to do what they don't want to do the amount of times he forces june to come on stage forces her to sing a song she doesn't want to sing just forcing people to do stuff on stage is such a douche move it's and everyone does it in this movie but johnny does it all the time like come on out like there's at least three instances where the band is just playing the same four measures (laughs) vamped back to back because johnny and june are arguing legitimately arguing from different parts of the stage it's freaking crazy bro um so yeah he calls her on stage she doesn't want to go and then he kisses her which you know she takes super well and runs back to her dressing room it's like what did i do what did i do what yeah what do you mean what did you do he gets so offended when people make boundaries yeah so she's like listen hey don't call me out somewhere don't ask me to sing a song i did with my ex and don't kiss me on stage because i didn't even like that and he gets very offended and tears apart his dressing room like what let's be clear literally he rips the sink from the wall sink off the wall Uh, yeah, he's an absolute savage, bro. He just says, he's just mean to everybody because they get drunk the next day and they're on stage just throwing bottles and he's just yeah, giving her a piece of his mind and he does this not is care. when this is when johnny cash goes from like mean to just straight up irresponsible because this is when he starts you know mixing booze with prescription drugs and going on stage crossfaded yeah um but so she leaves the tour and then johnny gets super butthurt about that and then, but he gets super famous because he continues. He goes on a different tour without her. Gets super famous, and then he comes back, and June is like, for some reason, for and, and it's never explained. She joins the tour again, and she has changed her mind oh, about Johnny. Oh, oh, can we talk about, dude? Oh my God, we need to talk about the thing that cemented this movie as like Johnny Cash is a bad person. It's him. Johnny and Vivian are at like a show or something or an award or whatever. And June is also there. And so they broke it off. And then he found out that she went and got married 
to a race car driver. And then her and the race car driver got divorced. So now she's been divorced twice. And now they're at some award show. Yeah. And well, I think this is before they got the, she divorced the race car driver because Johnny swivels back in his seat, looks at June and says, heard you got married again. Congratulations. Hope this one lasts longer than the first one. And June, rightfully, is very upset about that and leaves the situation as a responsible person with emotional intelligence should do. And Johnny, who has the emotional intelligence of a popcorn shrimp, is like, hey, why are you walking away from me? Chases her down, grabs her, and is like, what's the deal? And she's like, what's the deal? What's the deal? You're mean. (laughs) Also, he leaves his wife. Leaves his wife? <laughs> to go chase the person there, she already suspects is having an affair. And I'm pretty sure she didn't even want to be there in the first place. <laughs> and the only reason he's there is because he called his manager and said, hey, is June going to be there? It's bad, bro. It's so bad. And then they just start touring again for no reason after this whole fiasco. For no reason. For no reason. Apparently, his apology. he didn't even apologize, but she's like, I need the money. And then <laughs> he shows up on stage late and high. Like forgetting lyrics to songs, stumbling over, belligerent. And then passing out on stage. Yeah. And I I don't know if this is a Johnny Cash thing. I think it is where he like holds the guitar at his chin Mm -hmm. and holds it in the crook of his elbow. Is that a Johnny Cash? That's a Johnny Cash thing. Yeah. Okay. I hate it. (laughs) He doesn't hold it like a rock star. That's for sure. And it's like every time he holds a guitar, it looks like it's the first time he's held a guitar ever. It looks he looks like a kid holding a guitar that's too big for him. Um so yeah, he just passed. I get so much anxiety when people are on stage and they're just talking to people off stage or they show up late or they start forgetting the words. And I this get guy so just- much anxiety when people are very clearly in the wrong state of mind to be on stage. Yeah. I'm and like, like and they don't have stage etiquette. Because like if you're chatting with someone off stage, like that could be fun banter whatever um but when he is on this stage high before he passes out he starts kicking floor lights and throwing microphone stands over and i'm like this guy is not on the same plane of existence He's yelling at the drummer the get us. on my time get on my time i'm like dude you're high what are you talking about <laughs> you're playing in like 17-3 or something god <laughs> you're the one that's wrong and then he passes out goes to the hospital i think no, he doesn't go to the hospital. He goes to his hotel room. Where they just let him sleep it off. They just let him sleep it off. Right next to him. Which, like, pills. at this point, which, like, at this point is what he deserves. Right. It's crazy. Um. And. Yeah, dude. I think this is. I think it should be noted that this entire time, he, like, he is still with Vivian, but he is actively proposing to June at every opportunity he gets. He's like, and I'll I leave. Cannot... I'll leave, dude. Divorce is not that crazy. Divorce is not that crazy. Like, we're separated. And she's like, what? <laughs> it is every time they are alone together, he proposes to her. And that is not an exaggeration. And she's like, you're married. You're married. What are you doing? You're not that guy. Why are you doing this? And, she, um, and there are other times where she's like, no, you're mean. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're a what? bad person. And even if you were available, I wouldn't want to. So, yeah. So the tour ends. It gets canceled. And they're on their way back from performing in Mexico. And he gets picked up for drugs. And he goes to jail. And then all the celebrities are like, Johnny, Johnny, is it true that yada, 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 right? 
And I'm like, he's a rock star, quote unquote, at least a famous celebrity. Why are we surprised he's doing drugs? Yeah. Why are we surprised, bro? Everybody's doing drugs. Um, But yeah, he goes, spends a night in jail. And then he comes back to his house. And then Vivian's like, well, your dad said he's happy that you finally won't be lying anymore about going to jail. I'm like, okay, dad. Thanks for that. And of course, your wife was like, dude, at that point, I'm like, divorce her, bro. She's not on your side. (laughs) Well, yeah, she well, she should have divorced him a long time ago. A long time and, ago. But now I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Fortunately, this is the scene. Well, I shouldn't say fortunately with what I'm about to describe. Uh, things go uh, buck wild pretty fast. <laughs> this guy, it's his fault too. He loses his yeah. freaking mind. He loses so, okay. So the the day before the it all hits the fan, um, he's, you know, talking with Vivian and she's like, I want you here. You know, you're on the road too much. You're missing your kids. Typical, like, touring spouse stuff. Yeah, and he doesn't, he's, and she so, knows he's up to stuff. So he's like, when you're home, you don't talk about the tour either. Like, you're just going to be here with us. I don't want to hear what your antics. And so the next morning, at 7 in the morning, <laughs> JR starts hanging pictures on the wall, which is all fine and dandy, except he is using the loudest hammer on the planet. And Vivian comes in like, hey. Oh, they're also exclusively pictures of him in June. (laughs) And so, and so Vivian comes in like, Hey, can you stop being so loud? And then she sees what pictures they are. And she's like, Hey, I don't want you hanging pictures of just you and of just you in June. And he's like, and he's like, I can't talk about the band. I can't talk about the tour. I can't have these pictures on the wall. And, and so Vivian takes the photo and JR took that as a capital offense. Dude, he <laughs> yelled at her and then straight up chased her through the house. Chased her. And so she's literally running away for fear of pain and he is chasing her she smashes the photo against the counter and as soon as she did that i'm like well that's your death warrant i mean <laughs> uh, like, like like you don't deserve what's about to happen next but i can tell you because of what you did this is what's going to happen next and like, lo and behold has no does. self-preservation <laughs> like like he pins her to the ground in front of their children granted and, he didn't know no one knew the kids were watching but the second it happens all three girls girls start bawling yes so vivian gets the three of them in the car the three kids in the car and starts driving away and jr is like chasing after the car like girls no this is between me and your mom like like you shouldn't be in this you shouldn't be included in this and he and i'm like jr you have so far beyond lost them i cannot (laughs) describe it (laughs) bro they don't even see you anymore what are you talking about and so then he's like, all right, I guess I can pursue June full time now. Yeah. And then and immediately th- after the scene, skips a year. The movie straight up just says a year later. And you're like, wait, why? <laughs> and uh, he's living in an apartment with a dude. Yeah. And he's and just like, like calling June every day. For the fo- yeah. And he's like paying for the phone bill. And that's it. And he just calls June every freaking day, bro. <laughs> And there's a there's a scene where like the phone service gets um, disconnected because he didn't pay for it, and he loses his mind because he's like, "What if June called? What if June called? What if June called?" I'm like, "Hey, she's probably not gonna." Yeah. Um. And then he walks to her house, which is probably twenty miles away. <laughs> uh, long. It's far. Uh, it's far enough that it starts raining and stops raining before he gets there. And she comes out and he's like, I walk. Well, she's like, go back to your car. Like, what are you doing? 
He goes, I'm clean. He's clearly not. <laughs> and um, she's like, go back to your car. He goes, I don't, I don't have a car. She's like, what? And he goes, she's like, you walked here? And he's like, yeah. She goes, from where? <laughs> from like, what city? Yeah, and he's just like, from across town. And she's like, Nashville? The fact that she had to clarify the city is a bad sign, guys. It's a real yeah. bad sign. And then this is when the proposal goes out of control. He goes, I got to get you back on tour. I got to get you back on tour. What would it take for you to marry me? What would it take for you to marry me? We got to go back on tour. And she goes, you need to be clean. So he gets clean for freaking two minutes <laughs> and uh, buys a house, which we can all assume is close to hers because he's got still filthy loaded. Um, and then for Thanksgiving, he calls her and like, hey, can you come over? And she's like, you're by yourself, aren't you? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, do you have any plans for Thanksgiving? And he's like, no. And she feels so bad for him. She shows up at his house and then his family's there, which by the way, she wouldn't have to be there if his family's there. But he yeah. just probably just left that part out. <laughs> and his dad, abusive as ever, catches him popping pills when he's pretending to be clean and then just goes at it. Dude, I pause the movie. I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, because you can the see dad, it Because the the uh jack's death gets brought up again at the dinner table yeah. oh bro because what happens is like jr gets asked a question but he can't he's just looking at his dad and like hey jr where did you learn how to play the piano or play the guitar jr where did you learn how to play the guitar and he goes dad let's talk about jack and we're like wait no no bro. <laughs> shouldn't have done that <laughs> let's not do that and so and so jr is like you know i've been thinking about that every single day since it's happened and you know all i can think about is how you pulled up and the first thing you ask is where were you where right. were you and then the dad's like well where were you then and jr is like i don't know where were you and then, and he then was like his... well i haven't drank in a long time now so you need to get over it oh bro it was rough it, it was, was real rough. rough it was hard to watch and it was it was so uncomfortable and then basically you know it's just more of the obsessed with june shenanigans yeah, until we get tractor to the... goes into a river who she cares saves him they go back on tour for like the fourth time because June can't say no to this guy. He proposed to the, her in the back of the bus and she goes, you think this is... He wakes her up to propose to her on a yeah. on a bus full of like seven dudes who all smell. And she brings all this up. And he goes, first also, of all, you've been clean for six. I just want to say, yeah. before he does this, he does the penitentiary performance, which is, in the grand scheme of this movie, not important. In he does it. In real life, in history, it's important. It's a super famous album. In this movie, it's not important at all. Yeah. So we could just not talk about it. He's on the bus and he's proposing to her. She says no again and this is the time where she like draws the line like listen it's not because this isn't the right time it's not quarter till time it's not almost time there will not be a time we like you cannot stay clean we are not meant for each other just get it through your head and then he tries talking to her the next day and she's like, I'm not talking to you unless it's on stage like we're not talking anymore so he proposes on stage <sighs> And this also happened in real life and looked it up. And he literally proposed on stage in Canada. And I would de I would confidently say coerced her into saying yes. Oh, 100%. Because she on stage once again is like, no, let's just sing the song. No, <laughs> let's just sing the song, dude. She says that like four times. And on Johnny mic. is like, on mic. <laughs> and Johnny is like, will you marry me? You want to marry me? Marry me. And then he starts getting commandative over it. He stops asking, will you marry me? And just starts saying, marry me. Marry me, June. Marry me. And then she eventually, with tears in her eyes, says yes. Now, I think that those tears, listen, they got married in real life 
wife and they were married for like 30 years. They had a kid together. Like they they like made music out. together. Like it worked out. But in that moment, the way they portrayed that scene, it felt like she had a gun to her head. It was, dude, rule number one about proposing, don't do it in public. You're not going to get a real answer. I feel don't like do min- it in public unless you've cleared it with your spouse beforehand. Like you It's need like to one of those things them. that like, we all know you're going to say yes, right? Like we it's all like, know. If I were to propose, you need to ask yes. them, are you okay with a public proposal? And if she doesn't, that answer has to be yes. It can't be probably or maybe it has to be yes. And and Johnny is like, I'm going to use this as a tactic. Yeah, it was crazy, bro. Um, This movie is so freaking long. Yeah. I, and it again, felt I watched, longer than it was. I watched a cut that was 20 minutes shorter and it still felt long. Because um, <laughs> we finished the prison album and there were still 20 minutes left in the movie. And I'm like, what's left? That's kind of the thing, isn't it? Right. But I, I guess not. <laughs> uh, dude. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So I want to talk about other things. Um, sure. Reese Witherspoon is fantastic in this. She movie. won an Oscar and she deserved and, it. Uh, she is the only one. She is the only thing from this movie to have won an Oscar. And that sums up how I feel about this movie. Um, Walking Phoenix is fine. He's I not liked him. great. I think he killed it, and we hated him by how good he played the character. I I don't know. I also wasn't sold because I didn't like his singing. Um, when he was, it was off to a bad start because I did not like how he sang when he was writing the Air Force songs. Mm-hmm. And I did not like how he sang during the audition. And I'm like, I gave you two chances in which you sang, I think, four songs, and you blew all of them. Well, I got bad news like, for you because he sounds so similar to Johnny, so similar to Johnny Cash. Yeah, and so the only times I liked Johnny Cash's singing or Walking Phoenix's singing rather was when he was singing with Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, their duets were fantastic. I loved their duets. Um, and you know, during the credits, they played a real duet of Johnny Cash and June Carter, and I'm like, oh, I like Joaquin and Reese better. Yeah. <laughs> It's, you hear the real thing, and you're like, I mean. And also, I looked up pictures of Johnny Cash. And I'm like, Reese Witherspoon is the best version of June Carter, and Joaquin Phoenix is the best version of Johnny Cash. <laughs> yeah, and like, Joaquin Phoenix's performance wasn't bad, but like, it was of the three that we've watched so far, I think it's my least favorite. Yeah, just in terms fair. of like acting. Um, and when you, there's something to be said about a dislikable main character. And the thing that I'll say about it is I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Totally fair. (laughs) So, um, did not particularly enjoy this movie because every time Johnny Cash did something bad and then got angry that he faced the, had to face the consequences, I just like I didn't care that he was upset about it. And then he did it again and then was upset again. And I'm like, bud, you are on the wrong side of literally, and I cannot be clear enough, literally every argument you have in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things. Dude, you couldn't be honest because the thing is. He wasn't a good guy trying his best. He was just barely trying. Okay. Yeah. So I, it's very hard to co-sign on it. Dude, I'm going to be brutal. This is a four and a half. I did Holy not like this. Holy crap, bro. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon is legitimately the only reason I was okay with continuing this movie. There were some several exit points along the way where I'm like, can I just look up the rest on his Wikipedia page? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to break it down like this. Ray Charles was a movie, I think, about the music. Like, here's where this song came from. Here's where this song came from. Rocket Man was drug focused. And this was like, quote unquote, love 
love and romance. This was very much about the musician. Yeah. Um, and just his obsession over June. So I guess you could say it was a romance. I, I think the acting carried it. It got redundant AF. I still liked it more than Rocket Man. You gave uh, Rocket Man a six and a half, so tread I lightly. I gave Rocket Man a six and a half. I gave Ray a seven. I think this is right in the middle at a six point seven five. Yeah. Um, I res- again, this is a movie for people that already like Johnny Cash, and right. I am not one of those people, and I, I can safely and wholeheartedly say I will not be one of those people. <laughs> <clears throat> so Mad respect, but it's not for me. Alex, would you like to move on to our improv segment? Yes, let's please move on. Dude, you know what the great thing about this movie is? We never have what? to watch it again. We don't. We don't. And, and what even okay. crazier is, this was one of what? Macy's like top five movies all time when she was growing that's up. Why, that's why I needed you to lead the conversation because this was... This was a held back version of what I could have done. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, we finished it. And she's like, I don't remember it being this bad. I don't remember this part. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That's totally fair. All right. Let's um, move on to our improv segment. Yeah, let's uh, We're going to go back to one that we haven't done in a hot minute. This one is called Plea Bargain. And the way this works is one of us is a sentencing judge and the other one is a criminal. And uh, the criminal has to basically try to do their best to reduce their sentence by saying, hey, it wasn't really that bad. Or like you're making it sound worse than it is. Oh boy, I love these. I can do this. Um, Alex, do you remember doing this? <laughs> yeah, a while ago. Uh, I think we okay. did it. The last time we did an audience was... It was before it was, I moved. So School it was of like, Rock. Okay, yeah. So freaking whatever episode that was. Episode August. I, it was in August. 11. Uh, no, that was we recorded or it was released August 11th. It was episode 47. Okay, um... Alex, would you like to be the judge or the criminal first? Let's freaking, I'll be the judge first. I want to see what okay. she can do. Um, I'm sorry, Craig, but you have committed a heinous crime. Uh, this heinous crime uh, involves bringing bulls into a china shop and screaming slurs and then slaughtering the bull. Okay. I feel like I need to explain myself because you just dropped a lot at once. Yes. All right? You did a lot. Okay. First of all, it should be clear that it was not me saying the racial slurs. It was the bulls saying the racial slurs. Did I teach the bull the racial slurs? Yes. But not by word of mouth. Rather by, you know, like I used like a speaking spell. Um, So you never said it. You spelled it out. And then Siri or something like that said it for you. That is correct. And then the bull learned it and used it in said china shop. Now... I bet you're probably asking, why was the bull in the china shop in the first place? This is what we like to call a social experiment. Now, I think that, you know, in a time of great uncertainty, we have to be sure what we are certain of. And I, a scientist, have decided that the thing that we really need to focus on is, can we trust our idioms? Because if we can't trust our idioms, that means we can't trust our language. And and if we can't trust our language, what can we trust? so I'm like, let's test the first. I feel like you drew first. a lot of conclusions there. Um, I, I think we did well, a lot of E. I mean, A plus B equals C. D plus E equals F. F plus C equals G. I think we, we made a lot <laughs> of freaking conclusions. Okay, but this is the point of science. These are all my hypotheses. And I need to make sure that, and you know, we're testing them to make sure that they're true. So what I did was I put a bull in a china shop to see if it would wreak havoc like, you know, our idiom, 
proclaims that it would. And mm-hmm. it didn't. It like honestly, the people inside the China shop did more shop than the bull itself. So I'm like okay, bull, you aren't living up to your potential. We have to get rid of the idiom from this language. And as a way to like symbolically remove the idiom from our language, I had to put down the bull. How did you put down the bull? Well, with a gun. (laughs) I might remind you that discharging a weapon inside of a public place with plenty of bystanders is a felony. (laughs) But please continue. So, you know, uh, you know, w- w- I put one between the eyes yeah. as I, as, as one is do. want to do execution style and the bull in like, you know how animals have like kicks of death where like all that kinetic energy is like leaving their body before they go into rigor mortis. Yep. Um, well that happened and that's what knocked over a few shelves and a person and a wall and the support pillar this it was a very was yeah. 2500 pounds and you shot it in the face <laughs> yes in a boutique shop uh-huh. filled with people well phil i mean they were six feet apart all right let's not get crazy and while the bull was dying yes. it did even more damage well actually you, you would say that is when it did its only damage because um, it did not cause damage beforehand but, but Except, you did yeah. okay. because blood went everywhere and a woman was kicked through a wall Through a wall. Okay, well, now we have to define the definition of through a wall. Because did she break the foundation of the wall? Yes. Did she make it to the other side? Not quite. So she may have penetrated the wall, but going through the wall is a bit of an exaggeration. Well, she's in the ICU and she's had four ribs permanently removed they were shattered in their chest and they just took them out she's going to be on a ventilator for at least six months learning how to breathe again okay but i think we do need to go back to the fact that this was the bull's fault so if anything you should be charging the bull posthumously not me can i go now (sighs) discharging a weapon in a crowded place still a felony you, at the very least, are getting charged with animal cruelty, and you're going to have to pay the medical bills of that woman, which are looking like they're going to amount to about $75,000. You're going to do you know what? 17 cool years in prison with, Ooh, that chance for cool. <laughs> with chance of parole after 12 years. Um, dang. Dang it. I feel like I did a good job of pleading my case there. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Your argument was semantics. (laughs) And also, you're the one who brought up the gun. I asked, how did you kill it? And you're like, oh, with a gun. I mean, I wasn't going to (laughs) lie. Oh, boy. All right, Alex, are you ready to wiggle your way out of this one? Yeah, bro, send it. All right. Uh, Mr. Good, um, I have here that, uh, you went into a grocery store and replaced <clears throat> every single loaf of bread and package of buns with the exact same kind, but moldy. Uh, can you explain uh, yourself? So, I'm a scientist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I learned <laughs> introducing mold into your diet, um actually is a form of antibiotics penicillin actually comes from mold and as you know 
there's a lot of anti-vaxxers. I was hoping that by introducing natural antibiotics into the food system, I might turn those unwilling to trust science um, into purely protected people. Um, because I know the same people that don't trust science trust gluten. And I capitalized on that. <laughs> Okay, so I do have another thing that I need to um, uh, reference here. You were asked to stop by the local um, employees at the at the store. Um, I and, also, and, I will say, didn't know it was illegal because I okay. bought all the bread. And then every week they came in, I bought all the bread. And then I started cycling back the bread I bought two months ago, just returned it. Which will I I will say I did for free. Okay. And then when all that was bought, I took in the cycle of two months old bread and kept buying the new bread. So really, my only crime is being a philanthropist and being horribly broke. I am thirty thousand dollars in debt and all of it is from grocery <laughs> shopping. Okay, well, um, I have some bad news. Uh, Kroger's return policy wasn't that good to begin with, so I don't know how you thought you were going to get away with that in particular. Um, well, um, first of all, I paid for all the bread. I just put it back on the shelves. Didn't know that. I, how was I supposed to know that was illegal? <laughs> I was I was giving them free food essentially to sell. <laughs> Um, Mr. Good, illegal. have you ever worked? Have you ever worked uh, at a retail store before? No, that, but I yeah, can't I can imagine tell. you can. You can. You're gonna tell people when you go to Lowe's, right? You chop down a tree, get a bunch of lumber, and you put it on the shelves at Lowe's. You're telling me they're gonna come and sue you for putting products on their floor? I don't think so. I'm not stealing. If that tree has mold on it, yes. Well, listen, man, it's free. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> Okay, but here's the thing. They weren't beggars. They were customers. First of all, the customers were begging for bread. The store never had any. I was doing a service. Also, While you also can't just running an swap. experiment on hey, the population. Hey, hey, hold on. Shh, shh. You can't just swap bread because you're done with yours. You have to buy a new one. I bought all of it. I owned okay. all the bread. I was just... Giving them some? Because they needed it. I had okay. all the bread. There was nothing left right. for me to buy. I paid for every bread I ever sold. Well, you have... Well, there are now eight people in the hospital with respiratory infections because well, of what you've done to them. Imagine that. Some people are allergic to penicillin. <laughs> I forgot. It runs its course in any experiment. There are some blind spots. They are the control group. Now, and if they I'm also get sure, COVID, I will apologize for that because I should have protected them. So. Um, I'm checking my notes here and I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is a biological war crime. You will be sentenced to 20 years with no chance of parole. <laughs> fair, fair point. I guess. <laughs> bong, bong. Done. <laughs> that's the guy. That's a character called trying his best. It's the worst vigilante ever. <laughs> Like, I didn't know I'm doing anything wrong. It's not bad. This is this is Robin if Batman died on the first day of training. Right. But he had Batman's budget. He's like, I got we got billions of dollars. I know how to Okay. Uh let's move on to our middle segment. We're gonna do a bracket boys. Now, not yeah, only boy. do I have the theme prepared. I also actually seeded them, which is something I normally don't do. I kind of just fly by the seat of my pants, nice. but this has actually been seeded. Awesome. All right. Mm -hmm. We are doing Disney ballads. All right. Uh, fire. Fire. All right. Dude. 
So these might not be the most famous song from the movie um, because these are only ballads, which is one or two people singing. It's not going to be a sequence number. Uh, There's typically a lot of power and emotion behind it. Sometimes it's a love ballad. Sometimes it's discovering yourself. Um, Long story short, it's not Be Our Guest or Under the Sea. Not ballads. Everything else is fair game. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. All right. uh, First one. Uh, A Whole New World from Aladdin or How Far I'll Go from Moana. That's a good one, dude. That's freaking hard. I'm surprised. I'm genuinely surprised that you, that you're saying this. Um, um, do you want me to tell you the seeds? Mm, yes. Okay. I so I'm assuming Aladdin's the one seed. Yeah, and how far I'll go is the eight seed. I'm. It's going Aladdin, but that okay. eight, that's a strong eight seed, bro. It is. I'm trying to figure out how to work this website. Yeah, but definitely okay. Aladdin. Well, Aladdin's a freaking classic. Top three favorite Disney movie of all time. All right, then the next one. Can you feel the love tonight or okay. go the distance? Go the distance, bro. Now, here's the reason. My top three is literally Aladdin, Lion King, and Hercules. <laughs> but <laughs> go the distance, pound for pound, better song than Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Can You Feel the Love yeah. Tonight is a great duet. Um, and it's a classic because Lion King is one of the best movies of all time. However, musically, pound for pound, Hercules got better music. And I will yeah. freaking fight anybody for that, dude. Um, this, you could, there's flaws in the movie and some character stuff, but go the distance is it, it moves me. Yeah. It is like, that is the song you sing right before you pull into the parking lot at work to be like, all right, let's freaking do this. It, I mean, I wouldn't say that, but I totally get your point. It's such, right, a uh, good, such a good song, bro. Next one. Part of your world from the little mermaid and okay. let it go from frozen. Okay. It is so hard to be objective about Let It Go because it took over the zeitgeist for like yeah. three years. And then it came out on Broadway and did it again for me for another two years. Kids are still dressing up as Elsa. Yeah. Um, I do think Let It Go is better than Part of Your World. However, a okay. part of your world is part of the millennial freaking childhood and millennials pay for stuff. Um, so. For what it's worth, um, the Let It Go sing-along version on YouTube, 2.6 billion views. Yeah, makes sense. What's the what's the seeds for these? Um, Let It Go was seven and part of your world was two. I put Let It Go at seven purely because of its overplayedness. Yeah. I'm like, is this a good ballad or have we just heard it a lot? Yeah, I think it is good. And I do. When I first heard the song, I thought it was better than part of your world. Okay. On Uh, first listen. uh, Final one for this first round. Reflection from Mulan or See the Light from Tangled. Okay. So Reflection is my least favorite song from Mulan. Really? Um, Interesting. Yes. Oh, hold on. However. Do you really really like it less than Girl Worth Fighting For? First of all, Girl Worth Fighting For is an amazing song. It's so good, bro. Um, as far as, cause it's cop, it's funny. And when you're a kid okay. and you're watching it, then it's hilarious. However, I do think reflection is right next to, um, go the distance as far as like actual pain is in this song. Yeah. <laughs> and see the light is, is less emotion. So I'm going to, I'm going to go reflection purely because musically the amount of motion emotion they put in a child's movie is like, not, it's leaves me speechless bro so it's <laughs> okay. got i gotta go reflection even though it's not gonna make it past another round all right so then the next one is uh sorry hold on uh so the next round is whole new world and go the distance okay what are the seeds uh one and four respectively okay we might have an upset um okay 
I am, I'm like singing them in my head. This is so hard, bro. If this was in basketball, freaking March Madness, we're going into overtime. Not, okay. not even, it's, we're going into overtime. But I will sing A Whole New World is a Duet, and it's a freaking banger. And I think I got to give it to them purely okay. because it's a duet and they're freaking powerhouses. So I got to go. I got to go that. All right. Then we got Let It Go and Reflection. It's Let It Go, man. All it's right. Let It Go. And- and the fact that Let It Go has made it this far is making me mad because I'm the one choosing. And then, so final, we got uh, Whole New World and Let It Go. Whole New World, man. Dude, it's that freaking, song slaps. It's a it freaking deserves to be beast. up there. It's a one seed, I mean, right? So the one seed yeah, one. That was it's what's supposed seed. to happen. That's what's yeah. supposed to happen. Which, again, I cannot stress enough how wild it is that, like basketball seeds are basically being like hey this is what we this is what we the directors of this tournament expect to happen yeah but i mean they do that because you don't want an undefeated team going against the second best team because if one of them kicks out the other be like well what did you expect was going to happen they both deserve to be here though so you you have those guys go against the people that don't deserve to be there and then who keeps winning those guys who progress that's the whole point. okay it's just to let yeah. the people who constantly win have an easier playoff season because they busted their butt in the regular season well that was the bracket boys um that's a freaking that was a good it's one, a good bro. one that was I a stand good one. By all right one. alex hit me up with the one hit wonder our one hit wonder is called splitting hairs i have pulled okay. 10 things that are often confused and are very similar and i just want you to tell me the difference and i only pulled the ones that i don't know what the difference is <laughs> okay okay so here we go. Concrete versus cement. So I'm pretty sure. Okay. First of all, let's get this clear. Um, I am an expert on literally everything. So what I say is unbearably correct and cannot be, you know, changed after the fact. I want to get that clear right sure. away. Undisputed. Now, that, undisputed. Um, I'm pretty sure cement is when it's wet and concrete is when it's dried. You know what? That's, that's pretty freaking good. <laughs> <laughs> if that's real. I wouldn't be surprised. That's pretty good. Um, number two is stuffing versus dressing. Um, stuffing is what you put inside, and dressing is kind of like a sauce. It's like what you put on top of it. So stuffing is like extra content on the inside, while dressing is like a flavor booster on top. I don't like that. I don't know if that's legit. <laughs> uh, turtle versus tortoise. Tortoises are land-based. Turtles are amphibious. That's freaking another dude. That's another good one. Oh, frog versus toad. Um, I think that is also a similar thing, but I don't know the line that well. I think toads are the ones with warts. You will never see a frog with warts. And I don't know if there's any more distinction than the warts, but I know for so I will say confidently, toads have warts, frogs don't. I've never heard the word warts so many times in my life. Well, if you go to my dermatologist appointment you'll hear it a lot more okay butter versus margarine margarine i think doesn't have dairy in it butter does okay a crow versus a raven by that one's just biology man i don't know like (laughs) how do you tell kevin from steve they're different people crows and ravens are different birds (laughs) (laughs) what's the difference (laughs) they're Um, both black 
And all black no, things look the um, same. I think crows. Crows are more predatory than ravens are. Um, ravens you can like be friends with if you see a raven like in the same spot consistently you can like go over to them and they will recognize you and if you like give if you give a raven something and they know you they will come back and they will bring you a gift back like they understand the concept of equal exchange nice okay seven among versus amongst um, it's the same thing as like who versus whom. So, um, um, who you wouldn't, I forget what the actual like words that I'm supposed to use, but like you would say, you could say who is going to that. Like you would say who is going to this and, um, but you wouldn't say whom is going to this. You wouldn't say, uh, this gift belongs to who you would say this gift belongs to whom. And I think among and amongst is very similar where it's like, um, I'm going to be among my people where it's like, go no, it'd be to be amongst. But if you weren't using the word to before it, it, then it would just be among. Well, I will say we have lost all of our non-English speakers. If English is not your first language, you are gone, bro. There's no way you stuck through that. What is the other thing? It's it's God. I forget what it's called. Whatever. Uh, historic versus historical. I don't know if there is one. I don't know if there is one. I don't know if there is a difference. I think historic is um. So I think historical describes a telling of an event. Meanwhile, historic describes the event itself. You know, like uh, like uh, there was a historical documentary. The documentary itself wasn't historic. It described a historic event, but the documentary was historical. Oh, very nice. I like that one. This one is debatably the worst one. Easy. If you say affect versus effect, I am going to literally kill myself. <laughs> it's further versus farther. Oh, no, this one's easy. Um, Further is um abstract, while farther is is definitive so it's 10 feet farther past but like or it, it might be switched one of them is definitive one of them is abstract um i am literally pulling so much out of english 10 right now <laughs> hey mr rad i'm sorry <laughs> okay and the final um, one what's the difference between jam and jelly um it has something to do with like how the fruit is like squished oh i thought um, you can't jelly your hand on my Dude, I don't even know if I have to censor that because you trailed off so hard at the end because you were laughing at your own joke. I thought it was because you can't jelly your hand up my ass. Dude, that joke is a classic and I stand behind it. It's the reason Jam and Jelly is the last one. That whole okay. segment was just so I could make that joke. Well, I'm glad to have uh, I'm glad to have been your muse. Oh, man. Freaking fire. Um... So that was splitting hairs. It's one hit wonder. It's never coming back. Okay. <laughs> I hope you learned something because I did. All right. Well, um, have you been watching anything else? Uh, I started Birds of Prey. The Harley Quinn. The words. Okay. Well, oh, first of all, it's a movie. So the fact that you said that you started it does not 
bode well for the rest it's, of this. It's real bad. Dude, I, I like it not, a lot. I'm not going to finish it. I'm not going to. I'm 35 minutes in and I'm not finishing it. I can't do it. I liked it. It was good. It's not great, but like I liked it. I um, would watch it again. The newest Suicide Squad is, this is not a joke, at least, and this is a real number, five times better. That's fair. And like, here's the thing. I understand if Birds of Prey is just not your movie. It's, it is way more my movie than it is your movie. Well, I also, so, I never even got to her introducing the other superheroes. It's, I'm still on her right now. Okay. Like, I can't well, do this. you're really gonna do. You're really gonna hate this. They don't come together as the birds of prey until the third act. Oh well, I'm not watching it anyway. So this is I have I don't quit movies, and I'm glad this isn't a podcast movie because I would have had to watch it all the way through. I, I'm giving up. I'm not doing it. That's fair. Um, I started watching Only Murders in the Building. Uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez, Hulu TV show. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty freaking pretty freaking good. Dude. Um, I've only watched two episodes. I think there's like 10 or something. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I, listen, also 30 minute episodes. Gang, 30 minute episodes rule. I cannot stress enough how awesome 30 minute episodes are. It is the perfect television length. Um, um so when you're doing 30 minute episodes, is it really 30 minutes or is it like 20? It is really 30 minutes really 30 minutes and when things are really 30 minutes do you expect the seasons to be longer or do you still expect 10 episodes no i still expect 10 episodes interesting I just like, I I would rather, I love shorter content just because, you know, it's hard for me to stay focused on one thing for very long, which is wacko because I'm on a movie podcast. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, you had an, had several hour long episodes and like I watched those pretty sporadically. So it's not like I was sitting down and watching them for an hour. Ladies and gentlemen, he's talking about the TV show. You. Yeah. The TV show that made me decide I do not like hour long episodes was the boys because every episode is an hour long. Like you, there were 10 episodes. Three of them were an hour, I think. But with the boys, it was Every single one. And like I said, with Squid Game, you know, some of them were 30, some of them were an hour. I'm okay with that variation. Just don't make, like, I mean, like, at least with Sherlock, Sherlock doubled down and like, we're making a movie every episode. And and I'm like, okay, I understand that. But we're also going to do four episodes, three episodes. So, like, I was cool with that. But in terms of me sitting down and wanting, like, I want to watch more than one episode when I watch Only Murders in the Building, which is the definition of leaving them wanting more. Yeah. So, I I love that format. I If every show was 30 minutes, I would not be upset with that. Yeah, I prefer 45. 45, 50 is me. An I don't hour hate is 45. straight up too long. It, it is. I don't hate 45-minute episodes. I yeah. don't. Um, I like um, checking and finding out I have 15 minutes left. Yeah. So I did start playing a new game called The Forgotten City. It is based on, uh, it was originally a mod for Skyrim that got so popular that the developer was like, okay, I'll just make this into a real game. Jeez. Um, so you are, for all intents and purposes, teleported into a Roman city in Roman times, and you get introduced to the magistrate, who's like the mayor of the town, and he's like, hey, we have this city, and it's, you know, it is under what is called the golden rule, which is, if anybody sins, golden statues will come to life and kill everybody. Oh my gosh. So Oh I th- my gosh. And it's like... And the magistrate is like, 
I think that somebody's about to break the golden rule, find out who it is. And if you goof it, I will open up a time portal that will that will let you go back to the beginning of the day. So it's you in a time loop trying to figure out who's going to sin. And the thing is, like, no one knows what a sin specifically is. So, like, because, you know, we're talking about Roman gods, and each Roman god has their own definition of what a sin is, and no one knows which Roman god put it under the golden rule. So there are times where I will just straight up lie to people, and the game's like, no, you're good. Don't worry about it. Oh, my gosh. Dude, and so I beat That sounds sweet. I beat it in three hours. Um, there are four endings and I got the not best one where I basically only saved myself and one person. So now I'm going back and I'm going to see if I can't save everybody. Cause I, the, the one where you save everybody, I think they call it the canonical ending. Um, like you go through the entire backstory of the town, you figure out how you got there. You figure out like the secret origin of the city. Like it's a very cool game. Like I have not been this invested in like a, it's like it is a Sherlock Holmes mystery style game, and it's fantastic. Gotcha. After you find the canonical en- uh, ending, do you look up guides to do the other two, and you're not just fumbling um, through? I probably will. I probably will. Um, because I didn't. I did not look. Up, I have not looked up a single guide yet. The game is very good at telling you what you need to do without like telling it to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I never, I never feel lost enough to where I need a guide, but I still feel smart enough when I solve the puzzle. And it's, that is such a slim line to walk and the game does it perfectly. Love Sweet. this game. Dope, man. All right. Well, next week we are finishing up our musician biopics with Bohemian Rhapsody. Going to talk about Mr. Frederick Mercury. Um, But other than that, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.